you will turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Very, for some, maybe an unfamiliar passage of Scripture. Um, and this, just, this portion of Scripture just stuck to me in a special way. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh no. Okay, sounds like everybody's there. Before we begin reading, we're going to start at the beginning of the chapter. But have you, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been took on something? And when I say that term, that a salesman, because I know a lot about salesmen, because I am one. But there, there are some dirty salesmen out there that will talk you into something that was not as promised. Has any, anyone in the house ever been, you, you, you bought something and you were like, this was not what it was advertised to be. Okay, raise your hands with me. Don't make me feel dumb here. Okay, okay, we can feel that way together. But we, we all have had encounters with false advertisement. Okay, we've all had encounters. Listen, I remember one time I was in Alabama. Me and Brother Austin were there um, at, at Brother Greg Atkins' church, and we were, we were there for his New Year's camp meeting. And it was an awesome time of the Lord. But, but s- s- someone told me, I'm going to make you biscuits and gravy. And if you know me, I love biscuits and gravy. I had a gravy fountain at my wedding. It was very important that that was there. I told my wife, I said, only two things. I don't want to wear black because I ain't dying. I'm getting married. And uh, I I want a gravy fountain. That's all. That's all I want. Two things. And I love biscuits and gravy. And and this this person, awesome lady of the Lord, advertised, talked up her own gravy, okay? Like it was going to be the best thing that I ever had. Like I was going to go back home to my grandmother who makes the best biscuits and gravy and tell her that she's been beat. Well, I'll tell you, Pastor, I ate that biscuits and gravy and it was good, but it wasn't good enough for me to go home and tell my grandmother that hers had been beat. I was I was advertised something and my expectations, Brother Chris, were so high And even though it was good because my expectations weren't met, it wasn't as good as it probably could have been. I want you to know something tonight, young people, that Red Bull does not give you wings. That is false advertisement. Red Bull does not give you wings. Five outer energy is a lie. You get about an hour and then you crash just as hard as you would have the hour before you took it. Okay? There's false advertisement, okay? We, we've all ran in to these situations. But I, I'm going to tie this all together for you tonight. And, and we're going to start in 2 Corinthians 9 in the first verse. And again, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous, whatever. It's really important is what that means. For me to write to you. For I know the forwardness or the new American standard 
He says, I know the readiness is what that word can mean in the original language. The preparedness of your mind for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia. And Paul's telling the Corinthian church, I'm bragging on you to the Macedonians. The Macedonians live just a little bit north of Greece where the Corinthians are. And he says that Achaia was ready a year ago. That's a neighboring city to Corinth. He's telling the Macedonians about all that God is doing in Greece. And he says, your zeal hath provoked or stirred very many. That's a good thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a good thing. He said, yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain, in this behalf that, as I said, you may be ready, lest haply, if, if, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying, I'm bragging on you. I'm bragging that you are a ready church. You are a prepared church. And, and I'm going to get into what all that means here in a moment. He said, I'm bragging about what God is doing in your ministry there in Corinth and Achaia, which is a neighboring city to Corinth. I'm telling the Macedonians about all that God is doing in Greece and that God is doing all these great things in your life. But he said, I, I, I just have this feeling in my spirit. I'm going to send some of the brethren, some of the elders that are with me I'm going to send them to you back in Corinth and to make sure that you are prepared as I've boasted you up to be because there are Macedonians that may come visit you because the Bible says here in this chapter that they're all stirred up because they've heard about the goodness and, and, and the power of God on display in the Corinthian church. They're all fired up. He said they may come and visit you and we want to make sure when they visit you that you're the church that we told everyone that you are. You with me tonight? I want to make sure Paul is saying that I am not false advertising the Corinthian church. That I'm not representing them and I'm not leading them on in a way that will leave them speechless when they get there, when they find that all the things, all the good things that I'm talking about are no longer happening. I don't want to give the church of Macedonia false advertisement. I don't want to give, let me bring it to today. I don't want to, I don't want to give young believers false advertisement. I don't want, what, 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 what Paul is saying here is, and this is where I want to really focus in is, is I don't want, uh, I don't want uh, people to come in to your church uh, and you talk about how God is moving and God is doing great things. Uh, but then I, I, I come to the church and a young believer comes to the church or a sinner comes to the church uh, and they don't find the spirit of God moving in your service. He says, I, I don't want to. I'm up here telling the Macedonians and I'm out in, in, in Connorsville, if you will, tonight, telling them of all the great things that God is doing at PTC. But he said, I don't want them to come to PTC and realize that, well, it's just all talk. I don't want to hear about people being healed. I want to be able to go into that place and see people healed. 
You know, we preach Sunday morning about coming in contact uh, with the dry bones uh, that, 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 that Ezekiel prophesied upon the bones. He didn't prophesy necessarily to the bones. He prophesied on the bones. He was in contact uh, with the bones. Uh, and and uh, we, we've done outreach in, in the past week. We, we've seen God do great things. Almost 500 people come through this church uh, and, and receive oh, 260, 250 pairs of shoes, something like that. We, we just handed them out. We just prayed for, for children and their families. We, it was just awesome what God did. Uh, and what God did in the house on Sunday morning, I think, God for that. Uh, but what Paul was telling the Corinthian church uh, is what I believe that God is telling PTC here tonight. Uh, is, is, is Now the talk is out. Uh, there were people here on Sunday uh, that, that were here on Saturday and they were being blessed and they were so blessed. Uh, they wanted to be in the house with us on Sunday. Uh, and I thank God for that. That's what it's about. It's for souls. Uh, it's about reaching out to people. Uh, and, and I want you to know that there were a lot of people talking about uh, what happened Saturday what happened Sunday morning. I thank God for that. Uh, but here's what I want to, the, I feel that the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to say to us tonight uh, is you can't afford to have an off night. Uh, you can't afford to come into service unprepared. Uh, you can't afford to go to your work uh, unprepared. You can't, uh, young people, you can't afford to go to that campus uh, or that, that hallway uh, in your high school or middle school and be unprepared. Uh, he's saying, Paul said, listen, uh, I've told them of the power that you're operating in. I've told them of the outreach you're doing. I've told them of the services you're having. I've told them of the Spirit of God that's just moving through your church. I've told them of the conversions. I've told them of the healing. I've told them all these things about you. But but if they come and they don't see it, he said it will be ashamed. I'll be ashamed. And you'll be ashamed of yourself. He's saying you can't afford not to grow in Christ. You can't afford not to be in your prayer closet. You can't afford not to enter in and worship when everybody's worshiping. You can't afford to miss a day reading your Bible. You can't afford to miss one opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone. He says, I don't want the church to be accused of false advertisement. You with me tonight? I'm not beating up on you. I'm just saying that God, God has been doing something in the last week at this church. He's been doing something for years at this church. I believe that wholeheartedly. But I believe that we're entering in to something. I just feel different. I feel that I can't sing the same. I don't pray the same. I can't preach. I can't teach the same. That God is doing something new in my life. And I believe that he's preparing this church. He's doing something new in this church to be an evangelistic church like never before. We've done great things. Pastor has been overseas on mission trips. We've done awesome things. But I believe we're going to next level things. We're going to reach more people. We're going to touch more lives. We're going to come in contact with more bones. And what I want you to know tonight is that if we're going to go to next level in God, we have to have a next level prayer life. We have to have a next level worship life. 
We have to have a next level reading life. We have to have a next level relationship with God. We have to go for greater. We have to desire more. We have to be willing to move in the spirit. Even if it may make us look foolish, we have to be willing to be free in worship. We have to be willing to obey God. Why? Because we don't want to be accused in this day and age of false advertisement. So, he says, listen, I've told them how prepared you are. You need to be prepared. Paul would write to a young man by the name of Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And he would tell them this. He said, preach the word. Preach the word. I could preach a message on that. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, and out of season. What does season mean in, 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 in the Greek and the original language that the New Testament was written in? Pastor, it, it can mean season, but, but many of you know if, you, if you've studied at all that, that Greek and Hebrew words have multiple meanings. They have multiple meanings. They can mean many different things. And, and Brother Chris... That word season, one of the words that can be used is convenient. Be instant. Be quick. Be on standby. Be ready. Be prepared when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. Be ready. To worship when it's convenient and you feel the goosebumps and when it's inconvenient and you feel terrible. Okay? Go to your prayer closet when it's convenient. When you, you actually wake up early, I used to do that. And then I had children. I can't do that anymore. And when it's inconvenient, like last night, having to stay up till almost midnight to pray because I needed that time. Be instant, be ready and willing and obedient when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. That's ministry one-on-one right there. Young people, you better jot this down. That will get you through your ministry because it's not about how you feel all the time. He says, be instant in season and out of season. To reprove or correct, to rebuke, to forbid, or to cast down, to exhort, which means to pray or comfort or entreat or entice people with long-suffering, fortitude, perseverance. That's what that word means. And doctrine, doing it the right way. He says, because there will come a time, he's telling them, be ready, be prepared. Why? Because there will come a time... When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers uh, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears uh, from the truth uh, and shall be turned unto fables, and it shall be turned into fables. Uh, but watch now in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist, uh, and make full proof uh, of thy ministry. What, what is he saying? Not only to be ready, to be prepared, uh, to, to 
to be ready and prepared in season and out of season when convenient uh, and convenient. He's telling them uh, that there will be a time uh, when everybody else is going crazy. Sound like our world today uh, when everybody else is going crazy. Uh, everybody else is doing their own thing. Uh, people won't listen to truth. Uh, but he tells him in verse five, uh, he says, make sure that you endure these afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Uh, what he's saying is stay ready, stay faithful, stay prepared. Uh, and he said, make foolproof uh, thy ministry. Uh, make sure your ministry uh, is what you have proclaimed it to be. Uh, make sure your ministry is faithful uh, and true. Uh, make sure your ministry is prepared uh, and it is right uh, and it is sound. Uh, what he's saying here uh, is make sure uh, that your ministry uh, is not false advertisement. There's this theme, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, now he's writing to, to Timothy. Be ready, be prepared, be what you're saying that you are. If they'll come to the music tonight. Church, Pastor and I, do not come to this platform unprepared. I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm not, I'm not trying to degrade anybody. That's, that's not what I'm here to do tonight. That's, I hope you understand what I'm saying to you. Is we come prepared because we believe that God wants to speak to the people. And we, want, we, we come spiritually prepared because we want the Holy Spirit to preach to and through us. You know, I was talking to Brother Caden before, before service and, and, and he, I said, you know, we're going to try to preach tonight. He said, we? Like saying, why did you say we? I said, because brother, if I don't have the Holy Ghost, I can't do this. I'd just be an oversized white guy up here yelling. That's all I'd be. Gotta take too much biscuits and gravy. That's all I'd be. I want to give Jesus a challenge in the rapture. But I want you to understand, we come to this platform prepared because we, we, we expect, I, I, I'm just, I, I don't say this arrogantly, but Brother Jaden, I expect God to meet me here. And I, I will tell you, if you listened, it, if you were a fly on the wall during my prayer time here or at home or, or wherever I find myself spending time alone with God, you will find that I, I, I pray every time, God, I, I trust that you will meet me there. I trust that you will meet me there. So oftentimes I don't feel that my notes are prepared, but my, my, my father used to tell me, he said, son, son, if you prepare the vessel through prayer, through worship, when you feel like you don't have anything to say, he said, God will fill you. If you prepare the vessel, why am I talking about all this preparedness, all this readiness? Because church, I believe we're going to see a harvest. I, we saw... Sister Mary Lou, we saw hundreds of people on Saturday 
that were hurting, that were broken, that they, they were messed up, they had problems. Uh, many of them, I, I could smell marijuana on some of them. That, that's fine, that, that's fine. I'm not saying what they're doing is fine. I'm just saying I want them here in the house of God. I want them around the people of God. I want them around people that will prophesy over their life and speak life to them and, and bless them and love on them and hug on them and, and, and be there for them. And I want you to know uh, that I boast on this church. Uh, Pastor boasts on this church. Uh, but I, I want you to understand tonight, uh, I don't want anybody, whether it be a Wednesday night uh, or a Sunday morning or a special service, uh, I don't want anybody to walk through those doors and say, this is not what I thought it was uh, in a negative connotation. Uh, I want them to say, this is more than I expected. Uh, why? Because the people of God uh, come into the house of God uh, and they're prepared to worship God uh, and they're prepared to hear the word of God uh, and they're prepared to answer the call of God uh, and come to these altars uh, and minister to not only themselves uh, and unto God, but to others. When we advertise on all of our shirts, uh, that we're a church reaching the world for Christ. I don't want that to be false advertisement, and it's not. But Brother Chris, I want more. Paul said, if the Macedonians come, I want them to find that you're everything I said you were. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying to PTC tonight. Uh, that uh, I love you. Uh, I love the people at this church. Uh, I believe he would say that he's proud of you. Uh, he desires more for your life. Uh, he has plans for you. I believe he would say all those things. Uh, but I believe right now more than ever, uh, what God wants uh, is a church uh, that won't say, oh, we have signs and wonders. Uh, and people walk in the door. Uh, they see no signs. Uh, they see no wonders. Uh, they feel no power. Uh, they feel no conviction. What God wants is a church that is not performing false advertisement, but a church that is performing the supernatural works of God. Stand with me across the south. says I don't want them to be disappointed I don't want you to be ashamed I don't want to be ashamed and he said so I'm sending I'm sending brethren I'm sending elders to you to confirm that you're prepared as we've proclaimed you to be you know you, you see we, we have cell phones and we can pick up the phone and call people and, and, and we can do all this stuff Back in the day, Paul would go and he'd stay at a place and pastor, he would build the church and he would help get leaders set up and then he would go on. Brother Elijah, he'd have to go. That's, you know, that was the call of God on his life. So, so he knows what was going on in Corinth the last time he was there, but that, that was months ago. So he sends back men to make sure they're prepared as they once were. I want you to know that we have a pastor in this house that wants to make sure you're as ready to meet Jesus as anybody else. You're as ready to minister to the lost as anybody else. I thank God 
that He sends men and women of God to teach the people of God. I'll tell you this right now. I had to go back and listen to Sunday so I knew what I preached Sunday. Because there was just an anointing in this house. It wasn't a jade thing. It wasn't the worship team felt, felt the anointing of God. People up here that came and, and during the worship felt the anointing of God. That tells me that someone was preparing to encounter God. And that can't be a Sunday thing. Wednesday night, it shouldn't be a, oh, a, a casual atmosphere. I'm not saying, I'm not talking casual dress. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we have a casual approach. Should never be. Because my Bible tells me that when I go into worship, Brother Jaden, that I'm talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's nothing casual about that. If you knew Jesus was going to be here every service in all His majesty and all His glory, you would prepare to be in His presence. But I want you to know, even though your eyes can't see Him, Jesus is still in this house and I ask you to prepare for His presence. It's not all on leadership. There's a lot on leadership. We have to prepare. Because leaders can't take you to a place they've never been. They have to go there first. But as a congregants and as people of this house, we have a responsibility just as much as the worship team, the pastors, the Sunday school teachers to be prepared to help usher in the presence of God. Why? Because there was lost people here Sunday. And yeah, there were some young girls back there looking. And I'll just be honest, I, I love it. People think it's scary and you know, People think it's like, oh, oh my gosh. The Spirit of the Lord was moving. Those girls were back there. But they realized that there was something real about the atmosphere they were in. There, there was something tangible about it. It's because the people of God prepared to go into the presence of God. The pastor says it all the time. Preparation precedes blessing. That's true. But I want you to know, this is what I'm ending with. This is what Jesus said. This is not only a Paul thing. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world, or ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Okay, be the light of the world. We understand that. But verse 16, this is why we're to be the light of the world. We're to stand out. He said, don't, don't, you, you don't hide it under a bushel. You put it on a candlestick so it can be seen. This is why. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see. That they may see your good works or they may see your readiness, your preparedness, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Why is it important to be who God and His Word has commanded us to be? 
to operate in signs and wonders, to pray, to be prophetic, to have intercessory, to, to worship in spirit and truth. Why does, it, why does it matter to be all these things? So people can see your good works and not glorify you or give you a pat on the back and say, you did a good job, but so they could glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Church, that's evangelism. Evangelism is more than just talking to people. It's living a life in front of them. So I'm going to open up these altars tonight. I just want you to come and pray and say, God, I want all the things that your word says that we can have. I want to experience all the gifts that your word says we can experience. God, I don't want uh, just a portion of you. I want a, a limitless portion of you where you just continually pour into my life, pour into my life. I want it to be like rivers of living water flowing to and through me. I just want you to come to a place of prayer, whether that's at your seat or at these altars. I'd love for you to come to these altars tonight, whether it's to stand or to kneel, whether, no, no matter where you are, I just want you to pray. And say, God, prepare me. Make me ready. I don't want to say I'm a Christian and not act like one. I don't want to say I'm Pentecostal and, and haven't experienced Pentecost. God, I want all you have for me. I want all you have for me. So if you will, come. Find a place to pray. Say, God, I do not want to false advertise. I do not want to misrepresent. Everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again. Uh, next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.